Hello. Hey. This is Ergo. It is indeed. Your favorite place for just some quality anecdotes. Yeah. We've been known to dote up here. We're doting. And this is, a, this is a good one. Chalk full of dotes. Yes. An endearing, endearing conversation. The pun is intended. You'll catch that in a second. <laughs> With amazing artist, vocalist, singer, and songwriter, Jahari Noel. It was such a joy to get to know her. Neither of us, had, I think we, like, maybe we've met once. Or once or twice. But I really loved her music and what you'll find from listening to it is that the conversation not just like extends beyond the music but the level of thoughtfulness and composure that she has around how she interacts with the world and just thinks about things a very rich depth such clarity in a way that i never feel about myself and so rarely (laughs) do the people we talk to even people who are brilliant and have lots of ideas she like spoke in these sentences that were just like oh this is clear to you and you're helping it be clear to me so it's very sincere it was such a joy getting to know her and talk to her. Um, you can find all of her music at uh, Jari Noel, J-O-H-A-R-I-N-O-E-L-L-E. Um, Read what you just clicked on. Absolutely. <laughs> that too. <laughs> she has a show coming up at Virgin Hotels. You can find all that info on her socials. It's a great way to see her live and get out see some live music in yeah, Chicago. Yeah, that's in Dawahala. A lot of good stuff going on. Any uh, other announcements you got? Um, shout out to the sun coming up. <laughs> yeah, it happened again today. That's not an announcement. <laughs> I didn't say any affirmations, statement. I just want to let everybody any know. Any salutations? The world is still spinning really fast through space. <laughs> it is happening, and you are feeling like you're still. On a slightly more local level. <laughs> uh, though still national. Ergo's headed back on tour. Uh, we've officially launched our new booking program with the Allied Media Project Speakers Bureau. Blah. We will come to your campus, facilitate a conversation around media, dialogue, radical imagination, figure out how to get y'all on campus talking to each other in ways that account for power, and then reimagining your campus, your organization, your company, your city for the more equitable and creative. Um, we also will bring artists from Chicago to come do live interviews and concerts on your campus. So holler at us at Ergo Radio. Contact at ergoradio.com is the email or you can look on the Allied Media Projects Speakers Bureau website. Also, make sure you copy your Ergo Tees. They are mm-hmm. available on our website, ergoradio.com slash store. And that's all I got. Anything else? That was some quality. Look at that. Okay. Plug. <laughs> all right, let's get to it. This is a beautiful conversation. Jahari Noel on Ergo. Yeah. I want to learn a language that can make you understand me. My heart is yearning for you. I can feel how bad we can be. Good things take time. I won't waste yours or mine. And if it's said right, I'll send chills up your spine. Give me a sign. Can you show me? Oh, show me, show me. All that I have, I will give it to you. Want you to feel what I'm feeling. Show me. We are here in the studio. We are here. In your ears with a very special guest. Jahari Noel is here. Hey guys. 
<laughs> that got you. <laughs> so I feel like this is this is a moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we we um, annoyingly introduce people with our own animal sounds because we don't program them. Yeah, and so then we cool. like we <laughs> we like to <laughs> ask people what would be your like walk up animal intro sound. Like if any animal noise what's, was what, your what's your spirit animal basically? Hmm. Problematics of that term noted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would say a deer. They're really quiet. Ooh. That's a good one. That was interesting. Like a like a North American deer, or like we talking like <laughs> what, um, what variety are we talking? What? <laughs> you know, I, I don't really like to get into super big detail on it. And I'm just gonna go with deer. Like actually, <laughs> this is personal. personal. Let's keep this. <laughs> I just met you guys. <laughs> you can't be specified by deer. Right. My, I'll give you a genus. You don't get a species. I'll give you exactly. a genus. Exactly. So l- let's start where we uh, where we always start in this time, in this moment, this season, however you define time. How's the world treating you, and how are you treating the world? The world is treating me pretty good, and I think I'm returning the favor. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just enjoying the present, yeah. really, just hmm. taking it all in. You said that like that's so easy to. Uh, maybe mm. it is for you. But how, how are you? Uh, how do you? How do you think about presentness, or are there practices that keep you present? Definitely practices that keep me present. I think that's why I'm so like at peace about it. Is because hmm. like. I naturally am always thinking about what I'm supposed to be doing or what I need to be working on for the next thing or the future or what I used to do or what I, you know, just the past. I'm always in the past or the future. Yeah. And I'm very rarely in the present. So I think that finally being in a space where I'm just like, okay, I'm here. This is where I'm at. It feels good. And it's yeah. it's good to just say, okay, life's good. Like, wusa, like. Yeah. Yeah. Just counting blessings, really. Yeah. That's what's up. I think this is, um, from just the outside looking in, uh, important for you right now, an exciting time to be present. uh, Because as we're having this conversation, like, excited to learn a little bit about, like, your entry into creativity and what was at the base of your, the the spaces that that shapes you. I'm sorry I'm being weird. No, Um, (laughs) (laughs) I stuffed it over my tongue right there. Um, (laughs) But being present is important because what it feels like is you've, laid a very like significant foundation and that there is like promise and excitement and like larger platforms to come and so i think it's really important to be grounded kind of like before the storm or before the like what i see for you so i'm very excited in this time to be having this conversation Uh, and i'm glad to hear that you're you're grounded because most people aren't most people are are either tweaking or fucked up yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's quite a dichotomy. Yeah. Most people are doing one of those things. This seems like a perfect opportunity to share our new My new thing. We got a new thing. And I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on this. Okay. So I'm kinda like a uh an informal like counselor in the worlds that I live in. Uh I kinda see myself as like a new emergency responder. So I don't fuck with the police. That's really I, cool. I don't know if you know that about me. Uh but like one of my forefronts of me is like abolish police and prisons we need new anti-violence systems to address conflict mm-hmm. blah 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 but what that means is i get into Listen a lot to of the other <laughs> i get into a lot of people's shit uh i take a lot of shit from people like to help them process um and i have i have learned a very important distinction is that it is important to give people space right yes so everybody has emotional variants yeah. Life is not rational. People are not perfect. Yeah. You have the room to tweak, especially if I love you, right? Yeah. Do all the tweaking you want. I could be here. I can hold it. I can support it. I can help you think through it. I'm not going to criticize you. But here is the line. You can't tweak on me. Yeah, a hundred percent. Motherfuckers are allowed to tweak in this world. <laughs> I draw 100%. the line and tweaking on me. Tweak away, don't tweak on me. And I was telling my friend this as I was 
Daniel, this friend right here. Uh, I was telling my friend about this, <laughs> and he made a very important analogy. It's like it's very similar to twerking, right? Like you can twerk wherever you want, right? But like we have to have a conversation if you were to twerk on me, right? It's the same. That's you know? interesting because most <laughs> guys want the opposite. True, true. I'm just saying in terms of keeping things. <laughs> You're right. Above board. <laughs> An individual's twerking over there has no impact on me. On me. No, I definitely. So I, agree. I shouldn't come over to your twerking. Just like I shouldn't come over to your tweaking. <laughs> but if you're gonna if you're gonna tweak on me, I get to say in how this goes. If yeah. you're gonna twerk on me, I get to say in how, how this goes. Yeah, yeah. So I'll support you over there. Do your thing. But once you bring this over here, yeah, no, I got something to say. I'm hundred percent down. <laughs> on board. Yeah. So I don't know how we, how we got to that, but that's for the people. That's for the people. <laughs> so let's 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 go back a little bit. We haven't done this in a while. We we've gotten really like weird up here, uh, and I want to just like capture your story a little bit more. Sure. So are, are you from Chicago? Are you? Yep. You're born South and raised. Side. Yep. Born and raised. So, uh, what was your your entry point into like creative expression? So not when did you first like was it fun, but like when it was like, hey, I'm doing this outwardly in the world. Um, it started really early. Because we grew up on the South Side, my parents kept me and my sister really, really involved. And mm. our family grew, like, through my childhood. So, mm. like, I had a sister, and then I had another sister, and I'm a twin. So, like, being twins, we always would get bored easily. So, they kept uh. us super involved. So, like, we started dancing and singing and cheerleading. Just, like, our parents kind of threw us, like, into a bunch of things and was like, just to see what you like. You mm. know what I mean? Like, try a sport try an art form, try something academic and just kind of see what pulls you. And naturally we both kind of pulled to arts. For me, Hmm. it was music for my sister was dance and my sister loves music too. But for me, I just really like love singing and listening Mm -hmm. to people sing and it just became super natural. And then on top of that, like my father Mm. was a DJ. So Uh, he had like a lot of records and he still has a ton of records to this day. You're probably like the fifth person we've had on who makes music whose dad was a dj that is true yeah. i can't remember who but, but there's like a long lineage of, yeah. like, of that that's kind of cool you also had a bar in there i don't know if anybody else caught that but you were like it was supernatural like it was it came can i ask a twin question ah yeah sure. that's what i got <laughs> i promise we won't make the yeah, whole interview be... about twins <laughs> I've but heard, it's the coolest shit ever. Like, yeah, I, I, no, I, we, we, we all agree. But <laughs> <laughs> do you, first of all, are you identical or fraternal twins? We're identical. Identical. So do you think, so you both kind of went towards performance. Do you think that twins in general have a tendency to move toward the arts or more, move towards performance because your whole childhood, people already kind of looking at you as like a performance mm. or like a, a, there's an attention that comes with like being seen. That's a great question. That is a good question. Um, it's scary because it's really, it could be true because there was a, a lot of heavy attention mm-hmm. um, and we were not used to it. We we're like, why do you keep staring at us? Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's like we haven't Why are we so yet. cute? Like, <laughs> my hair is not done. Why are you looking at me? <laughs> like, like, it never made sense. And so like that, it did kind of feel like it drew a certain amount of attention. And so I always felt like, okay, while you're here. Yeah. Let me give you something. <laughs> <laughs> Since you're already looking. Since you're already looking oh, at that's, me. Yeah. yeah, that's really funny. Does your sister still dance? Yes. Cool. Shout out to sis. Yeah. Hey, Jay. There you go. So I have thought this about you because I knew that you were identical twins. I, I did my homework. Hey. Uh, <laughs> only, homework. Only genealogically. I've just been following follow you on Instagram. <laughs> 
very lazy, <laughs> come into me type of homework. Wow, what a 21st century type of homework. <laughs> um, but from this diligent research over the last few years and knowing that you're a twin, how, how do people push y'all to be a group? Um... <laughs> Because cause that was my thought when I first, I was like, wow, that's like right there at the fingertip. Like I had, I had a respect for it because that's an easy like go and like to not take that right there. Of like, Because people look at twins. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a great question as well. Um, so shout out to y'all. Thank you. We, we um, actually really love when people compliment our questions. So that's our favorite thing. We, we appreciate you. Um, yeah. For a long time, people did group us together a lot. Like mm-hmm. you must like the same things. Mm-hmm. Or just assuming like, oh. Jahari likes the style of music. You must like it too. And we're actually the complete opposite. And mm. I think because we grew up like where people would group us together, try to dress us alike, we naturally kind of took our own yeah. like route. What was the age of no more of that? What was the, hey mom, it was 14. kick this shit out of Actually, like- <laughs> yeah, it was 14 because, um, like I said, we grew up in the city of Chicago, like mm-hmm. on the south side for where a long else, time. Where else are um, Are you familiar with, with um, South Shore? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... We grew up like on 74th in Constance um, for a really long time. And then as the neighborhood kind of got worse, our parents didn't want us to, they wanted us to have a better education. So we moved to the Burbs and literally we moved the day before the first day of high school, Mm. which was terrifying because it was Mm. a new environment. Yikes. And we didn't know anybody um, and we really truly only had each other. So we, we grouped. We definitely did mm. our twin thing and we stuck together. <laughs> but I was so, I'll never forget, I was so pissed off because I love my grandmother dearly, but she dressed us completely alike oh, for the first day. Uh, we had matching book bags, oh. shirts, pants, shoes, everything. And there were these other twins there, I remember, and oh, they were dressed alike. Oh, and I was like, you got a little oh, twin on twins, like a little get battle out of here. here yeah. And the thing is, it's like, luckily, nobody really saw us because it was so many students. Mm-hmm. So, fingers crossed, nobody really remembers. <laughs> but they just assumed that you were two people who looked alike who had worn the same outfit <laughs> <laughs> or that we were the same person just ah, in passing a lot ah, of times people would be like oh I just saw you and it's like no you didn't but long story short it was like okay after today sisters. we are not dressing alike like this is so corny and so <laughs> we actually like left early went home and we were like okay I can't do this Next couple of days, we intentionally dressed completely different. And you like, went from like there, grunge, she went goth. The job to like, then go shopping and buy like a whole new second half of a wardrobe. Yeah, we actually did. We actually did. We went like thrifting. And so, like, at that uh, time, we wore like a lot of like vintage pieces. Uh, and so, like, you got cool on accident. Yeah, got cool, definitely got cool on accident. That's the best way to do it. Definitely cool by accident and circumstance. Cause like, our upbringing, we were broke, so, like, we really had to make do, and the kids and the burbs are, like, super rich, mm-hmm. so, you know, they wore, like, North Face Uggs, mm-hmm. shit like that. My community research, I believe, from our Shawnee episode, y- y'all went to Homeward Flossmore? Y'all went to HR? Yes, See, we look, did. Look at me. <laughs> <laughs> Shout but, out no, to literally, Shani. everyone yeah, yeah, yeah. looked at me. <laughs> so, for those who don't know, that's, like, a... Uh, when we say the bur- like Chicago burbs is is weird because they like, really did your research. No, no, and and I'm from <laughs> I, I'm not from, but I, I spent a lot of time like frequenting the South suburb, frequenting what the fuck is up, you're, frequenting the South suburbs. <laughs> um, and like I think most people don't when they hear the burbs, like they don't understand that Chicago has its like own thing. Like we still have these super segregated burbs, especially when you yeah, go south yeah, of yeah. like almost failing municipalities. So, like, at first, it's, like, Harvey, Cal City, all of that. Yeah. And then you get further south, and you get, like, Matson, 
Olympia Fields, <laughs> uh, uh, home, home with Flossmore, that area, and that's like where the black elite, yeah, and the 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 like struggling middle class like went for like survival and also escape exactly from, like, the air quote inner city exactly and so it's a lot of bougie kids out there that's that's, that's not that's what that history is about mm-hmm. it's, it's like true, i know the yeah. niggas and a <laughs> lot of them are whack bouginess context yeah so they either think they're superstars or they think they're gangsters and it's like yeah, no you live yeah. in a real mansion like this yeah, is <laughs> like, what? where's this coming from no, no, this is <laughs> a mansion you were born here like um, it was some like new new type shit you yeah. ever saw atl yes yes yes, yeah, yes it's like that yes. it's, like, mm. you, you it's come a school of that yes and so it was such an adjustment but it was I'm grateful for HF I must say because it's a melting pot in a way because mm-hmm. there were other, also other students like us who right. probably came from the city as well and so just being in that space where you do kind of experience like the black elite or you like for me it was my first time just seeing other races in a school because in CPS schools certain schools you only get one race right so that diversity for me was very healthy and and it was good for me because I got to see different just different types of people like just different styles mm-hmm. we didn't have to wear uniform which was amazing True. Mm-hmm. so like just subtle like things that kind of like I think people out there kind of took for granted yeah <laughs> and the crazy thing is, is like everyone that I graduated with and just that people that went to school with us, we all kind of came out into the arts. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what it is about HF, but yeah. it definitely, it's not even an art school. Like, you know how with your Zodiac sign, you always look up and see how many celebrities mm-hmm, have the same mm-hmm, sign as you. Mm-hmm. It's going to be like that one with the those. school. Like, yeah. oh, this person went there. This person went there. Oh my God. And one day sh- it'll be Jahari. Who do you share your birthday with? My sister. <laughs> <laughs> she got you. <laughs> uh, Allie, ooh. <laughs> any, what? like, celebrity-wise, any any people? There's a lot of people. Who, which... who do you choose to identify with? <laughs> of, like, these are my these are my birthday people. For my actual birth date? Mm-hmm. Yes. Cassie, Kiki Palmer. Ah, that's um, All right. The young lady that's married to Miguel Nazini. Mm, um, she's, she's really pretty. See, I'm doing a, a quick Google. There's some guys, too. James Harden? Yeah, James Harden. Uh, Damon's nemesis? Yeah, I don't yeah. James Harden. How about you? Do you have any, I got, any good birthday people? I got Wale, which I was really conflicted about. That's kind of cool. Yeah, I, I now like, I have some like Wale sympathy, some appreciation. Not that your dad shared a show with him? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, if, um, your Stephen dad King, shared a show with my, Wale? My father is a comedian. Nice. And so he was hosting at the African Fest this past week. So do you think that that's why you are into like radio and public speaking or like? Absolutely a big part of it. Yeah. Yeah. My mom put me into like a lot of like stages and speaking and yeah. performing. And then like I, I've been growing up in comedy did clubs. Did you do speech in like high school or college? I did, yeah, I did. I did some. I forgot what was it called. Some speech, like, I think it was called speech. Yeah, yeah. I definitely did that. Um, Me too. Grew up around radio stations, grew up around, like, stages and sets, got into acting. Yeah. 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 Same. Definitely. So was your dad DJing actively, like, when you were a kid? Like, were you at gigs helping load out? Is he out house era? <laughs> definitely house. <laughs> um, but he put it to a stop once my youngest sister uh, was born, just because it was really busy. Because there's four of us total, yeah. all girls. Um, and these and were the crates era, so you can't. Cra- have, yes, that's so <laughs> funny that you know that. Yeah, and baby seats. <laughs> like we have crates. We actually have extra crates at our house because. He has too many crates in his house. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, that was the crates Trying era. Trying to hold a baby in an LP at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to Serato Parenthood. Like, <laughs> people are able to move around yeah. and still, still have babies. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. So, 
we decided we're not going to dress alike anymore. We got accidentally cool in high school. Yeah, very accidentally. <laughs> I don't even know if it's cool. We just got accidentally uh, fashionable. Yeah, a little little aesthetic happened. Yeah. Um, and so, so when did we start seeing ourselves as, as a singer, vocalist, singer-songwriter? Also, I'm putting myself as a part of this. I, I don't know why. Come on, when, when why did we? we, became, we... <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I don't know about you, but he's been living vicariously through your Instagram for a while. <laughs> but um, I actually started singing when I was 13, mm-hmm. and um, I actually sang at my eighth grade graduation. What'd you um, sing? Oh, good question. That's a great question. I wish I could remember. I think it was "Lean on Me." Nice. Mm. Yeah, it was That's a on solid me. eighth grade graduation. Someone song. should do an EP of covering graduation songs, the graduation EP. Mm-hmm. Not, well, damn, Kanye, fuck. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> so you sang, you sang at eighth grade graduation, and was that something that you were already kind of doing? How did you end up singing at your eighth grade graduation? <laughs> well, um, me and I had some friends when I was in like seventh and eighth grade, and we would like sing girl group songs. Like I think at the time, Cherish was out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Destiny's Child was out. Rihanna had just kind of came on the scene. So it was like a lot of like R&B appreciation. So like we would sing R&B songs. And so we did talent shows. And the, um, I think, assistant principal had heard us. And she was like, you're singing at the eighth grade graduation. Mm-hmm. And I was like, really, me? <laughs> and she was like, yeah, you. I was like, okay, cool. I was terrified. But when I actually got up there, I was like, oh, wow. I really like people looking and listening like yeah. <laughs> i really enjoy this i think i think i want to do this yeah. and then i was like eh, i don't know and i kind of like teeter-tottered for a really long time and then when i got to high school i joined like gospel choir mm-hmm. met some other amazing friends and had like a family of friends who just love music mm-hmm. and for me it really kind of helped me understand okay i like this and outside of high school our parents had us super busy so like i did like musicals and tributes and things like that so we'd be driving to back to the city to rehearse for like shows on the weekends and so like just those different experiences or like being on different stages and different rehearsals it really was like this is fun like it doesn't feel like homework it doesn't feel Mm -hmm. like they're pulling my arm to make me do this like i'm choosing yeah it's a great way to make friends um, which was really hard living in the city because it's just a different dynamic. Mm-hmm. And um, when you kind of like stand out a little bit, people kind of poke at you. So having the space to kind of like create and also make friends who create was yeah. a blessing. Shout yeah. out to the assistant principal out here. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, yeah. Judy. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out, Judy. <laughs> they don't get enough shine. They love that power, too. Oh, yeah. You're, oh, you're singing at the oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she made me feel hella important. <laughs> oh, start making the Barry Gordy. Um so I, I'm comfortable. You you want you want to jump back to now? You want to? Yeah, let's, let's like, jump back. To I feel now. like we laid a good base. I feel like like we know some some jumping off points. Cool, base is laid. Base is laid. All right, I'm 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 really like I'm very intrigued by process. And so whenever we have artists up here who especially have like a certain talent or skill, I really try to like dig into their process. So just as a singer songwriter, that's kind of the space that I'm in right now, guys. All right, all right. You does, sing in songs? No, no. You are a singer. <laughs> or, but let's let's ask. Songs. Let, let's ask. I, though, I does that them. does that ring true? Is that how you? Is that a label that you would define yourself as? A singer songwriter. Like, are you comfortable with that? 
Definitely. Okay. Yeah. Just making sure. I get why you say that because that's kind of like a, a tagline-y thing that gets thrown on the people. I just think people should get to determine how they define their artistry. You yeah, know? and not only that, some people just see themselves as performers or recording right. artists mm-hmm. or maybe they have help with writing right. or right. maybe they just sing. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. totally comfortable with So I, I want to talk about that, the relationship of those two practices and how they collided for you. But first, vocally, do you see yourself as like an instinctive vocalist or do you are you very like technical? Hmm. I am a mixture of the two. There's a lot of technique, but there's also a lot of just like whatever I feel. Mm-hmm. So it depends on like the moment and the space that I'm in when I'm singing it. Mm-hmm. And like, there's a lot of different emotions that come about when I'm singing something. So a lot of times that instinct kind of takes over and then that technique comes back like, hold mm-hmm. on, <laughs> this way, that way. <laughs> Let me direct you there. <laughs> and um, it's it's definitely a mix. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm very interested because as a, a creator and a writer myself, I just feel very like, I lack a lot of confidence in voice. So I'm very intrigued by it. And I do not understand how people get better, even though I observe people getting better with their vocals. And so for those folks like yourself who are so vocally talented, specifically on the technical side, I'm very curious of like what you're looking for, how you evaluate yourself, and like where are the spaces you want to grow? Yo, really be questions? That's all we got. Um, okay. You can sing. <laughs> we got to come up with Thanks. some cleverness. You haven't heard my vocals yet. <laughs> um, okay, so I need to... First, understand I practice a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, I practice a lot. And sometimes it's like, it's not even like a structured practice. Like sometimes I'll just clean the house and turn on music and sing to it just to see my voice go into different pockets. Mm -hmm. So like if I have artists that I look up to or that I like admire where their voice goes, I listen to see, okay, can I take my voice there? Mm. And just stretching it that way Mm -hmm. when I'm actually structurally warming up, I'm able to kind of see, okay, can I take it there for real? (laughs) And can I actually do it in my own music? And Mm so it's really just a lot of that, like Mm. listening for harmonies, listening for just different notes, like whether it's something super big and crazy or Mm. something super low, like just kind of pushing and playing around. It's It's a lot of fun. And I think the confidence comes when you, like I'm still working on it, but it comes when you really trust yourself and you just know okay i have everything i need Mm, and i have my own thank you and i have (laughs) my own i have my own thing i have Mm. my own gift i have my own way of expression Mm. and as long as you're not trying to express as someone else and Mm. you're expressing as yourself then there's no right or wrong yeah you know what i mean can you take me to a specific moment so when you're doing that type of like I heard you like searching the space that other voices have gone to. And if you attempt to go to a space that does not feel comfortable, what then do you like say to yourself? Like, oop, that wasn't that wasn't me. What what do you do now? Do you challenge you know yourself? What's weird or do you I, say, don't, I definitely challenge myself because I'm like, I never think that's not me. I think that's not me yet. Yeah. yeah. So, so then what do you do to get to the place where you can do the thing? <laughs> yeah. Um, I practice. So yeah. I, I'll keep trying that same note. And like there's a lot of songs that if I sang them or tried to cover them like three years ago, I probably wouldn't be able to execute them the way I want because I just didn't have that knowledge and I wasn't pushing myself in that way. And so just over time, pushing yourself to constantly try it and attack it, your voice yeah. kind of gets that muscle memory to know mm-hmm. to go there. Also collaborating with other singers, definitely, yeah. Look at you. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to the support. <laughs> Shout uh, out to my manager. <laughs> um, are you familiar with Eve Ewing? 
She's a writer, professor, poet. Friend of the show. I don't think so. She's from the city. Uh, she's one of the just like the most brilliant people in the world, country, okay. uh, a Chicagoan, a great, 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 great person. But one thing that she has said on our show and in the world on Twitter is um, like the number one advice she gives to writers who are st- growing is to get comfortable writing bad things. Yes. And so th- that, <laughs> that is something I just heard or resonated. And that's something like I've taken into like all of my practices, like creating space to not be perfect yeah, or excellent. It's the same and, with singing. And having a comfort with that and then working through it. Yeah. And I think that is probably what most people who can't, air quote, sing, because we can all learn it in some way or learn to be better. See, I always felt Here like if you can talk, you can sing. Right, mm. right. And so for those of us who don't sing well, it is usually because we haven't learned how to like struggle through the things that don't Yeah, and I think a lot of times is people are scared to hear themselves sound bad. And I've even been a victim of that at times. Like, thinking you're supposed to just come out perfect 24-7 is is a setup for disappointment, which is because we're human. You know what I mean? Our bodies and our... Everything is different, and it's going to react differently every time. So just allowing that trust to know, okay, Something's going to come out Mm -hmm. and it's either going to be amazing or it's not. And just you kind of maneuver and you start to be able to like, you know, know, manipulate and control it. But just that initial trust that it's going to be something that I love in there. Yeah. That's literally the barrier between people who air quote sang, sing and people who quote unquote can't. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like I think that's the barrier. It's just that trust. But it's so visceral when you sing a note that sounds bad. Like if you write a bad poem. You can like look at it on the page and be like, "Oh, this isn't that good." The the like emotional discomfort. You've of, hurt my body with that. Yeah, <laughs> of, like a note out of tune. Ouch! Like we, you know, on like a resonance and um, harmonics level, like we cringe when we hear notes that are out of tune or mm. like it sounds wrong in a yeah. way. It's not just like this isn't that good. It's like this is wrong. There is a a, a note that's the right note here, and this is an offense, and this is <laughs> painful to hear. At least at least for me, there's a. Ira Glass quote that I mentioned on the show before where it's like most people who become good at what they do from jump their taste level is really high but their skill level can't meet up with that so then the work that you do is building your skill level to the point that it can meet your taste level Mm. and I think like the trust that like you will get to the point where those are closer is what you're talking about of like you just practice but especially I think with music at least for me it's so hard to deal with the skill level not being there because you can hear what it's supposed to sound like. You know what I mean? Like you hear a melody in your head and then it doesn't come out right and you're like, that's not what I heard in my head. But you know what it, like I said, I have to go back to it. It's it's mental. Yeah. Like if you took away the thought in anything, I say this because it's been my own advice to myself. Mm-hmm. Like you take the thought out of it, nine times out of 10, you could do it. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. like if I just said, hey, go stand in that corner. If you're not thinking about it, you're just going to do it. You're going to put yourself there. And it's the same with a vocal pocket. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. if you're not overthinking it, if you're not contemplating how it's going to sound, it can go there. That emptiness of thought and not thinking about it. I think when you're over-concentrated on it, you're stressing yourself out before you've even hit the note. (laughs) And so it's like you're overwhelming yourself and you don't know that you're affecting yourself internally, too. Yeah. So your body stressed it out. So everything kind of reacts according to your thoughts. Do you meditate? I don't. Okay. I should, but I don't. That's just a very grounded approach that usually like people's literal body and breathing practices get in the way of. And so usually folks who have that type of oh, that's cool. sense of self are usually have, even if they don't call it meditation, have some type of grounding practice that, that 
that situates them. That's flattering. I, I should <laughs> meditate. I've never yeah, meditated. A little, little gift, little ergo offering. I'm uh, scared I'll fall asleep. It doesn't even have to be okay. that deep. You can be, you can be asleep, and you can meditate literally with your eyes open. Like it, it is, it is just about like breathing and basically what you're saying of like releasing thought and letting go and like yes. centering. And as an artist, I feel like that can be a challenge in itself because as artists and creatives, we're always thinking. Mm-hmm. Our mind yeah. just—it's a whole lot going on up there. So many ideas. Yeah. And, I'm, I'm going to call it resilient freedom. That's what I hear you describing. <laughs> resilient freedom. What do you mean? That there is one, an allowance, like you, you let go of some of the obstacles that we put on ourselves, but then there's also like a bounce back, right? Like I cannot hit the vocal pocket and I'm going to be resilient enough to keep working through that until I'm in the pocket that, that I'm striving for. 100%, yeah. Is there, a, is there a, uh, a piece or a song that you've released that has been an example of that resilient freedom of like at first you were trying to do something that you weren't able to do and then later like through process you were able to to get to it <laughs> uh definitely i would say all of them <laughs> and I, I think that's why i love the music so much is because beyond like just pushing myself as far as what i was writing it was about pushing myself vocally to not stay in a certain space hmm. to be able to show okay i can take you here i can bring this feeling to you like just kind of pushing myself to really kind of send over whatever emotion I wanted to with each song. So like, for instance, I have a song called Regrets. When I initially recorded that song, I was extremely sick. No one could tell. Like physically sick? Yes, I had strep throat. And I don't oh. know why I was even singing it. I just had to get the idea out. Mm. And there was an emotion there that couldn't be replaced. So we kind of kept it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's in the song you can kind of hear it it's a sad but it's a encouraging song and mm-hmm. it kind of talks about like not living in regret not comparing yourself to other people and it's just a certain emotion there that I couldn't I can't recreate live but it's like a moment you know yeah. what I mean like mm-hmm. is it ever harder to hit a note or to do something vocally when you're not able to recreate the emotion um, sometimes it depends. And it's it's not even like a lot of people think it's like the bigger notes. Sometimes it's the soft, subtle, yeah. sweet mm. moments that are harder to create. Like, for instance, hmm. I love saying for instance. Uh, <laughs> for example, I have a song. I.E. for instance, safe space. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> There's a song I have called Release, and it's really like kind of soft and sweet, sexy or whatever. And when I recorded it, I was just in this space of, like, super sensuality. And I'm not always feeling sensual amongst certain crowds. Like, Mm, I could mm. be performing it, and I'm like, I'm terribly uncomfortable. But (laughs) I still have to convey this emotion, and I just am trying to figure out how to place myself there. So sometimes before I perform, I step away from, like, everyone, and I try Mm. to think about all the different moments I have in the music Mm. so that I can try to give as much of it honestly as yeah. I can without it being fake. Mm. <laughs> it, sounds, it sounds a lot like acting. If, if that feels very In a way, theatrical. yeah, because you want people to feel what you felt and you want yourself to also feel what you felt when you created it. Mm. So it's like kind of bringing that, that moment back. It's like, like me- method singing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's like here it is again. As you are getting into more performance and like learning that space of having to, to recreate the emotion, is it making you more aware in your writing process now of like, oh shit, I might not want to recreate this motion for, for the next five That's years. That's a great question, definitely. <laughs> like even some of the new stuff that I have um, coming out soon is like, I can listen to it in every single space. It could be a good day, a bad day, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I still feel this bounce in this like good vibe to it. And so it feels like something that no matter what 
I may really feel it's going to be natural to constantly put myself there. Mm -hmm. And so I've also been working on writing things that no matter what, I'm naturally going to put myself back in that space. So it's not, it's less work, you know? Yeah, yeah. Are there any particular rooms or shows where you've been like, man, I really don't want to be sensual for this room? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) What would be, if you feel comfortable, what would be an example? um, So I did a show, it was like at a house, and Mm -hmm. it was like a lot of people that were just, they were just different. Like you can tell they're like, they're here for a good time, but they don't really care about music. And I think as an artist, that's really like an awkward space is when you can tell Mm -hmm. they don't give a damn about what I'm about to do up here. They just came to be, to look at something. It would almost be better if they were outwardly rude and booing. (laughs) Yeah. Like it would, it would be better if you were just like, all right, boo, I don't care. And versus like just staring awkwardly with no, No emotion or anything. It's or like, just talking in the back. It's like singing to mannequins sometimes. Mm. <laughs> like, I think that's when it's like, okay, I have nothing to tear the line between us. And I think those are the awkward spaces. It's like but you're a spectacle being observed rather than like exactly, an exchange. Exactly. And I feel like music should always be an exchange. Mm. But you can't control those things. You can only control what you do and what you bring. So I'm still grateful for those awkward moments because... They push me to constantly be ready mm-hmm. for whatever. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, and understanding that every exchange won't be what I'm looking for it to be. Right. I can't control how people receive or how they, you know what I mean? How they interpret my music. And I can't make them feel anything. I can only give what I can give and they can only take it the way they wish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So just kind of trusting, literally, it's taught me to just say, okay, I'm a being, I have something to share. I'm going to constantly give myself and whoever is willing to take it, I'm grateful for it. There's so much about what you're saying that extends so far beyond. Yeah, yeah. Like, you, like yeah. you are. It's very spiritual. These are like. Oh, thank you. Zen is a motherfucker lesson. <laughs> Thanks. It's great. No, it's like, how do you release control? Yeah. Share what you have to share. Can I, I want to give share you space. a compliment. Oh. I know that was a compliment when I just said. Is, is this different from gas? <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, okay, because we because we have a, we gas people up. That is an intentional part of <laughs> this our. This is work a very here. specific compliment. But, okay, that I think feeds the gas. All right. All right. In listening to your project, one of the things that I was really impressed by that I think a lot of people struggle with is you end your songs very well. Mm. And I think a lot of songwriters, contemporary and across era, don't know how to end songs. Hmm. And so I'm wondering how you think about the way to end your songs. Well, thank you. <laughs> That's such an interesting compliment. I really appreciate it because mm-hmm. it's, it's not something I've heard. Mm. Um, it's so weird because it's super obvious. But I honestly just follow the structure of people who kind of came before me. So mm-hmm. like, even if you look at someone like Stevie Wonder or like Prince, anyone like... Yeah, but so many of them would just like fade out at the end of the song <laughs> yeah that was they, like an acceptable ending there's like this <laughs> there's like this turn the volume down this like structure of like i'm gonna take you really high and then mm-hmm. i'm gonna bring it down and we'll end once it's once it's down mm. and so i think the travel of the song really kind of sit with me and how i in my music so like i want to take you like i said i want to take you somewhere mm-hmm. but i want you to come back down so <laughs> so you can come to the next song mm-hmm. and Go yeah. right back through that that cycle, like narrative arc. Yeah, a little bit. So, so when when did you first get that ear to go from just like a, a a receiver of music to being able to listen to the structure? Everybody can't 
just say, oh, Prince and Stevie had this structure that they're using. Like, see the matrix you know, behind like, it, yeah. That, that means, that mean you, you understand how the sausage is made in a certain way. Uh, and, and when did... <laughs> the donuts. Yes, yes, how the donuts oh, are Thank made. God we have a better analogy. Wait, hold on. But are donuts made in a surprising way? Is there like... Because that's... Sausage was good. Yeah, because the point of the sausage is we don't know how sausage is made. How if, do they get if there is something surprising in donuts, do you know I how, need to know. Do you know how they get the hole in the middle? <laughs> okay. I don't. Well, thing. I imagine there's just like a, a whole thing. You imagine? I do. Just do that. you know how they make it the whole I'm in the middle? I'm pretty of the sure dough? what they do is they twist up the dough and they Into just connect it, and when it bakes, it connects. You're right. They, that would make sense. They do them in the open at that, that donut at or that, 83rd and Cottage. Our unofficial sponsor. Uh, my high school job. I worked at Dunkin' Donuts. So, ah, uh, so you you know how the donuts are made. <laughs> I'm sorry, I got too loud. I just got excited. <laughs> so yeah. Wow. <laughs> All right. I kind of already knew. So when did your ear start to hear how the donuts? I'm were sorry. Made? I'm not ready to move on <laughs> <Okay>. yet. Because <laughs> what I envisioned was like a long pole, and they would wrap the dough around the pole and then bake it on a pole, like a spit what pole? almost. Like a long, like a like a spiral, like cotton. Yeah. Is that what you're thinking about? No, like a metal, like a like a two by four type of situation, and they ra- and then they just like uh, put it on like a rack, and then they just cut. Oh, like a pretzel. It. Yeah, yeah, exactly, kind of exactly like a pretzel is what I was envisioning. Do you also know how pretzels are made? You have I, a rich knowledge base. <laughs> <laughs> you know, unfortunately, I don't. Um, they deny those, me at Aunt Annie's. So. Those they twist and fold. I, I think that donut will show you. Wow. All right. I'm ready to move back. <laughs> but um, to answer your question, <laughs> I have to credit my parents. Like I said, my father did a lot of DJing, but my mother mm. also was really like just a music enthusiast. Like <laughs> he would give us like the knowledge, but she would also say, you need to know who this person mm. is, who that person is. And so like really early, we would listen to songs and like not just like, oh, this sounds good, but like really listen to like what they're doing. And so it became really easy to kind of see, okay, the common theme and where artists went with their music. Mm. It's such a beautiful thing to inherit or to hand on as a parent is like this deep appreciation for like not just music in general, but like specific voices. And cultural lineage. Who was it for you that she was like, you have to know this person? Who's your mom's top five? That was my question. (laughs) That's a great question. Uh, My mother's top five, I would say Nancy Wilson. Mm. She loves Beyonce. Um, Who else? Luther Vandross, um, Erica Badu, mm. D'Angelo. How many is that? Four. That was five. That was five. But if you got some more, you can throw you can throw in some special editions. Raheem Devon. <laughs> my mom loves Raheem. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my sister just teased her for no reason. <laughs> we went to college with a kid. Nick Ward looks so much like Raheem Devon. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we went to college with. Like you could put two pictures of. It. He looks exactly. Let's, let's, let's do that. Check our Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So so then when did your when did you begin your writing practice? It started early as well but it was very terrible so like you said it was an experience of a lot of like bad writing (laughs) um it was i was 13 and i had this journal and i the lyrics were terrible like i remember one song was like called feeling you and it was just like i feel you you feel me we feel each other i'm feeling it and it was like terrible like it was so stupid and i just like i i completely remember it because i hated it so much and i was just like throw the book away I actually still have the book but oh that's great it's just like why what was I talking about I wasn't even dating yet like I these are feelings I'm not even really experiencing yeah. this is just what I think music is mm-hmm. and what I think a song is supposed to be and so it was just like 
<laughs> it was just really corny. Yeah, and um, people didn't always listen to love songs. Do you think so many people would write love songs? <laughs> you know, like if the songs that you listened to growing up by those artists like weren't about love, do you think you would have written about love? I don't know. I think I still probably would just mm-hmm. because of the different ways I experience it. What is it for you that it's that's compelling about it? It's a topic for writing songs. Well, it's the most consistent thing in my life, I think, hmm. is that whether it's like relationship-wise or like with family or whatever the case may be or with myself, it's a constant, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So like I'm always going to talk about it. And there's just so many different ways to talk about it. Like there's a spiritual way, there's like the physical way, which is very common, you know, like intimacy, things like that. But there's just so many different ways to kind of tackle that topic. Yeah. And I feel like I'm always, I don't, I, I don't want to say I feel like I'm always going to, but I don't feel like it'll ever really fade away. Yeah. No, if there's still new ways to write love songs, that means it's a good topic because people have written <laughs> a lot of love songs and it's still, here's something like, oh, I'd never heard it like that before. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and even like, for instance, I wrote a song about confrontation, ironically. Um, I had a really bad boss and we got into it. This is a real life story. Is this at the Dunkin' Donuts? <laughs> no, this was at a gym and mm. she just wasn't really nice to me. And so it got to a point where she addressed me and I addressed her and I sat her down and I was like, hey, I'm really not feeling what's going on here. So if I'm going to stay here, this needs to be the situation. And even though we had that conversation, I was still upset. And so on my way to the studio, I wrote this whole song called Too Much. And it really kind of talks about being antagonized by somebody. But it also highlights the idea of how sometimes we're our own antagonists because we mm-hmm. let people treat us any old kind of way mm-hmm. because we think that we somehow deserve it. And doing that, you kind of hurt yourself that lack of awareness of what you actually deserve and that lack of confronting yourself and that person Hmm. can hurt you so to free yourself you got to address it and that's another act of love to self because that's how you heal and that's how you're able to truly exist in a world without being bitter or angry or whatever because you fully address what you needed to you're not holding anything yeah that's a really rich example i just want to ask a question that actually goes back to something earlier you've just consistently been saying things that are like full (laughs) sentence stop like very Very thoughtful so what is your why is that your question my question (laughs) is like how do you reach conclusions about yourself in the world like what is your self-reflective process even outside of the music are you reading people who are helping you think about these things like how are you getting to the place where you can just say these things uh, as the, the, the manager put the thumbs up as all good managers do you're um, funny it seems like these the things you're saying these are obviously not the first times you're thinking them right is what it feels like how are you finding clarity about the world yourself it's a very broad question but you just seem like you have some things figured out at least for now yeah. please say something she's brilliant She's brilliant is the answer that we just got from manager. Hold on. We're going to put you on mic. Manager's coming in, guys. Manager's coming on mic. Let's get it. Let's get an introduction. If you're tired of your manager hopping on all your podcasts. (laughs) 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 What what, what would you like to add? Also introduce yourself so that the people know who we're talking to. My name is Jim. I'm Jim's manager. Um, I have to say this because I experienced this when I first met her. 
the moment that I met her, we were at Northern Illinois University. Um, she was like this little bushy-eyed freshman came in school. I was a bushy-eyed. I was a senior. That's interesting. <laughs> Seriously, bushy-eyed. You, you never heard that term? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's nose typically wide-eyed, wide bushy-tailed. Yeah, 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 exactly. And so I'm like this. Just those eyebrows were thick, <laughs> right? And I'm like this, you know, senior who mm, thinks I know everything. Feeling yourself. Yeah, I exactly. See it. I see exactly. Vibe. Thought I, you know, thought I was this big leader on campus. And then I bumped into her. I feel like you had a nice belt. Yeah. <laughs> and I bumped into her and I started talking to her one day. We were at a party. It was like three or 400 people in my house partying. And I sat down and I was just kind of sick of partying. And I had a conversation with her. And I was like, oh, my God, this girl is fucking brilliant. And it was beyond that. Like, every- What's one thing you remember she said in that conversation? We talked about love and music and like how I, I like to listen to old jazz. And so... We were, like, going through music, and I'm listening to this 18-year-old tell me about, like, Etta James and, like, um, John Coltrane and, like, all these different, like, music that didn't even come about when she was alive. Like, she was nowhere to be found when this music To be fair, neither were you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, but I was raised by my grandparents, so ah. it was, like, an easy thing for me to know that yeah. stuff, mm-hmm. whereas, like, she's... <laughs> you vicariously were alive in 1950. <laughs> <laughs> right, I lived with old people my whole yeah, life. Yeah. And so it was, like, I was blown away by this young kid that, like, knew all of these things and so even that even how she discerned herself from the party like there was madness going on in this mm-hmm. party everybody's totally blasted we put yeah. every clear in the punch oh, like, it was out of control it was one right? of those <sighs> and so she's like you're off- part of the problem sir yeah, I was part of the problem. <laughs> she's off to the side I've been part of the in the party. midst of all this madness just yeah. sitting there to herself no problem having a conversation with me and I'm like this girl is brilliant and so mm-hmm. I just remember thinking like she was wise beyond her years at that mm-hmm. point. Mm. And so when people ask, like, where does she get all this from? I, I have to say, she already she was like that. this. Yeah. Like, does, this ring, a, does this memory ring true you, with you, how you, you remember, remember this story? party? Yes. Because, What's your memory of that party? And why did you go to this party? <laughs> okay, so in college I did like parties, but I wasn't... It's weird. I like being amongst a lot of people, but mm-hmm. I didn't care to, like, actually be a part of the party. Because I didn't drink or anything like that, so it was like... I just love being amongst people, like having a good time, but I just didn't care to be like, you know. Y'all yeah. have the good time. I'll, I'll be right. Yeah, I'm you just here enjoying you having a good time. Exactly. Yeah. And also, like, my sister is the opposite. Like, she <laughs> loves a party. <laughs> so it's like, Completely we went every. about the twins. Yeah, <laughs> so there's this one factor, right? And so, especially when you're a freshman in college, it's like we go everywhere together, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. just to, for safety and just, just to look out for each other. And so I would also go to make sure she's good, you know what I mean? Make sure, you know, she's not having too much fun and just. The Everclear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not not you Stay know, clear. and just watching out for people as well because like you know, it, parties, anything can happen. But long story short, I would just come just you know for all those reasons. Yeah, and I do remember meeting him, and it was just like, oh, this guy's really cool. He's not you know, because in college, especially when it was my freshman year, it was a lot of like guys, and they're just like, ooh, pretty new girl. Let me talk yeah. to you. Let me chase you around the party. Let me chase you around the campus, and it's just like. Okay, you're not trying to do that. I am very open to having a conversation with you, and we can talk, and you can actually, you know, we can actually talk like about something. Yeah, yeah, you're not sloppy drunk. You're not just like spitting in my face while you're talking to me. Um, you're that cool. Does, yeah, that does send a pretty clear message. The spittle sends a very clear yes, message. Like, oh, you are know, doing you, too much. Yes, and you, you are drunk. Like yourself. you can't even <laughs> tell what's coming out your mouth. Like what? But yeah, no, just like meeting him and saying, okay, he's a calm young guy, and. I'm calm and content. I'm enjoying this, yeah. but I'm not. It, I wasn't like that weird person. No. You know what I mean? It was still a cool thing, but it was just like, 
I'm chilling. You, you, know did the, I mean? you did the move that Damon and I both love, which is that you find the seat. Yeah. You post up in the seat, and then you wait for people to rotate they, they, through. Like circulate. Rather than yeah, you yeah, being yeah. in different spots, it's like, this is my spot. It's my area. I'm holding I will, court. Whoever comes up, I will engage. Quick 30-second dap. How you doing? Yeah, you keep it exactly. moving. But hey, I'm not, good I, to see I, you. I get right yeah. back to my seat. Yep. I'm not <laughs> jumping into the middle. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I'm, exactly. I, I have two threads, and we'll see which, which way we go. So I'm, I'm, I'm very interested in the parallel of the two freshman years of, like, freshman year. Like, y'all, like, all right. We're not matching anymore, right? Like, <laughs> shit is real. <laughs> we we got to figure this out. And then the next freshman year, like, all right, there's, like, more danger. And, like, we have to take care of each other and just, like, figuring out adulthood. We're a group, yeah. Yeah, so, so that's one thread that we can go down. We can mm-hmm. figure this out democratically, which thread. But I'm also very interested in, like, the relationship of management and so since we've we've had the addition of like management and support and building a team and like mm-hmm. the the value of a support system and what that looks like they can maybe be yeah, which which would you rather the, talk yeah. about choose we your can, own destiny we, i mean we can do them both just sure. you know all as right. long as you don't forget that second oh, one. Oh no i'm here we'll address I, the first one all right we'll go first um when damon puts a pin he puts a oh pin. yeah 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 I'm, i could put a pin in it i'll bring that back. <laughs> don't worry about it i got you solid <laughs> solid so so yeah, in the four years between yeah, freshman the four years. years, it's really interesting because it's like to this day we're still our own person, and mm-hmm. you know we don't have to you know dress alike, look alike, but we still understand that we came into this world together. Hmm. We're always going to be together. Like mm. it doesn't matter. Moving through high school, like we started to really see, like yeah, we have friends, but at the core, we really have each other, and so. By the time we got to our freshman year of college, it was like, okay, we know what everything kind of looks like. We know what looks bad and what looks good. We know who to trust and kind of the key signs of the red flags or whatever people. And we know the good signs and like, you know, when we can kick it and we knew our spaces with people. Mm -hmm. And so we also knew that coming into such a new space, it's important that we're firmly planted as a unit Mm -hmm. so that people don't try to come for us individually you know what i mean or try to like a lot of times people see twins and think okay if i don't gel with both of them i need to pin one against the other Mm. and make them pick a side what type of asshole is this that's really really interesting (laughs) someone uncomfortable with themselves because (laughs) it's really what it is it's it's someone uncomfortable with themselves and in college we saw a lot of that because people who were very like nice and kind and you know gravitated and we made a lot of friends but there's also people who don't understand like why do people like them so much? Like they, they're always together. They always do their own thing, which is not true. Like we are very much people persons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're very much for the people and like enjoy meeting people and, and hanging out and stuff like that. But like I said, at the core, we know right. when shit goes down, it's us. And that's it. I yeah, I can. Up. Yeah, I can take, you know, I can take friends along or whatever, but there's only an extent that we have that it's different. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, it's like it's not just, just ride or die, it's ride or birth. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's literally like, this yeah. is like literally half of me. So right. I have to, Yeah, it's just a different setup. If you get it, then cool. But if you don't, I don't know what to tell you. It just is what it is. You <laughs> know what I mean? And so it became yeah. this thing of like, we just became really much a unit in that retrospect because people wanted to see us not as a unit. Hmm. They wanted... I always wanted to say, okay, what do you like without your sister or vice versa? And for me, it was just like, why the fuck does that matter? Like, How do you think about that as a performer now, performing with your name as an individual artist? Is there any complex emotions around that of like, that's very much an individualist act? 
I think this is just me and my own. Right. Like I said, we're, we're still very much a unit, but this is just me living in my own purpose. We don't get to live in each other's, you know what I mean? She can't be a singer too if that's not what mm. she loves to do. So yeah. she recognizes that and and allots me that same privilege to say, okay, this is me and my element, this is you and your element, and we still exist. But just as in this current state, this is me chasing my dream. Yeah. And this is, you know, and you're chasing your dream and that's cool. And we're here if we need each other. That's beautiful. So I, I hear that support. Uh, I'm curious of any complication. I don't want to project any negativity on it. No, no But um, your dream puts your face in a lot of places and you virtually share a face with somebody. <laughs> and so like, th- so now like her face is getting put in places kind of in a way. Um, obviously, it's, a, you know, I, I respect that y'all are different separate people um but is there anything interesting or complicated or surprising about the fact of hey i'm going to be noticeable in a singular way that like obviously some people are going to see her maybe think it's you or just like moving through the world <laughs> of beings much more visible now so interesting. you know what's interesting is that's because that's kind of happened all our life where someone sees one of us and thinks it's the other person we kind of know where that goes. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? And we, I, she knows at this point not to be rude if someone says, hey, you're Jahari, right? Like, she knows to be like, you know, nah, I'm Jamila, I'm her sister. And to let them have their moment of, like, excitement and shock and just let it be. <laughs> and, and same for me. Like, we know to, like, not hold expectations on people yeah. and just exist as ourselves. You yeah. know what I mean? And people will understand, okay, Jahari exists as her own artist and Jamila exists as her own force in this world and it's just that like i think over time it's just going to be appreciated as it is yeah and if you get real famous you'll get really good dinner reservations that works so well right. um let's, let's pull that pin let's pull the pin let's pull the pin let's, let's pull quickly the pin. pull the pin i think i think that fits in also kind of there's some segue to that of like support you know as an artist to to have the the platform that most artists desire there's so much work that needs to be done mm-hmm. that's beyond the creative process mm-hmm. uh and so you have support and, and management present but in general like what are some of the more technical or invisible or more like logistical coordinating support that has been good whether in your management relationship or in your team and support system overall um i think the biggest thing is having people who are really knowledgeable and just having people who truly believe in me, so they're gonna they're gonna stay up late with me. They're gonna wake up early with me. Mm. And ah, the, the early flips. That's what David. Yeah. <laughs> you will find people who stay up late with you. Yeah, but then to get back up. Yeah. To, to, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so like, just having like the manager dynamic is like you know we were friends before he decided to take me on as an artist client type of thing. And he witnessed a lot of people trying to not necessarily take advantage, but just kind of trying to uh, assert power in a negative way. Mm. And because he knew business so well and he believes in what I'm doing, he's like, it's a no brainer. Mm. Like, so it just we kind of came like this thing. So when anyone else displayed interest in like joining the team or working with me, we both made sure that they have that same drive that same belief that same ethic and knowledge that he holds and that i hold to say okay we're a unit there's no superstars not even me (laughs) and this is how we do it and Mm. this is how we get there and it's going to take a lot of work but it's going to pay off as as little or as much as you feel comfortable sharing 
That's your that's his line. <laughs> um, I'm curious about that that negative or disruptive exertion of power. Like we we don't need to get into like any of the pettiness or the conflict, yeah, but no. in terms of I'm just thinking of a, a young artist who's listening. Like, Definitely. what are some of the things that you learn from whatever that looked yeah, like? The red flags. Uh, the big red flags are the name droppers. I will never work with anybody Ooh. who's always dropping names or who they work with Ooh, or who they're friends yeah. with and who Good you know what role. I mean I hate that I mm. hate that because I'm not that way like yeah. and even just being blessed to work with people on a really high platform and in really high places and see them not do that yeah. right. because they have integrity and respect and you can't just attach yourself to anybody you don't know who people really are at the core what reputations they have to be name dropping mm. so that's a great meeting point. exactly that's so so meeting them like, and you dropping their name but they shouldn't either yeah <laughs> <laughs> so, like, you know what I mean? For real. But just seeing that. Or you're dropping a name and we really know them. And we know that you don't know them. Oh, that that's too. a classic move. That's a really so I classic turn, move. I turned your mic off with the, the <laughs> saying a name that you kind of know, but you actually know. And you know that they don't know yeah, them. You're yeah, you're like, or even somebody tried to do that with someone I really, really knew. And I was just like, I really know them and I've never seen you before. So, yeah. what are you talking about? Like, and so, just... Artists out there again, you can tweak. Don't tweak, don't tweak on me. Don't tweak on my me. people, and and don't take my don't take my youthfulness and don't take my kindness for leeway because yeah. I'm not for none. <laughs> I do my research, and nine times out of ten, there's other artists out there who are doing the same. So I just encourage people to really do your research on people. Don't just go off of what they're telling you. Look into them. Ask around. If you see other people that you know following them, ask them. Hey. Do you know this person? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like really kind of use your resources and figure out what's the agenda because everyone has different intentions. And yeah. that's another thing that I experienced before I mm -hmm. really locked down on my team is that people wanted to work, but their intentions were not pure. Mm -hmm. They wanted, they would say, oh, I don't want anything from you. I'm going to get you. I'm going to take you here. I'm going to do this. Don't pay me. Yeah. Don't do nothing. That's a huge red flag. That's like, the refinesser. Because everyone wants something. Right. And the thing is, if you're not going to be upfront about it, that's a red flag. Yeah. If you don't, if you transparency, if you're not key, yeah. transparent about what it is you want from me, that you're giving me this, then there's no reason for us to talk and no reason for us to work. What is your interest in the exchange? Yes, right. what is your interest? Right. What is your because purpose? It's not, it's not a, this ain't philanthropy. Yes, like, yes <laughs> exactly. This is not... And even philanthropy not, ain't. You ain't my yeah. mama. And even volunteer <laughs> service is for something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. And usually it's for the self, for yeah, the volunteer. It's, so, it's something in it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's great. Nothing is for nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I have, I have, a, I have a, a, a comeback. A bow? Yeah, yeah, I have a bow. So I'm thinking back to that, to the moment of like the piece that sticks with you that you like the least. You were talking about the I feel it, you feel it, we feel it. <laughs> we in our feelings. That 13 year old writing. <laughs> and yeah, and well, the way I want, let's get the line right and we'll do it as a dramatic reading. Okay, all right. I feel you. Right, that's it. You feel me. You feel me. We feel each other. I'm feeling it. Is that it? Was that it? That's. It, yeah. That was it. Man, good job. Ashe. <laughs> <laughs> we are feeling it. So the way you just... Lord. The, 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 <laughs> that just hurt you so, so much. I, I'm, I'm paraphrasing I'm it. Uh, but what I heard you say is that was your projection of what you thought songwriting was. Yes. And the way that you said it led me to believe that you now have a deeper understanding of what you were doing and what you were striving to do. As simply as you can put it, right? I hear there's been so much wisdom that you have shared of like how you approach this and there's a, a real groundedness I see in your work and in your your practice that comes through and that knocks. So first of all, congratulations for being successful. Oh, thank you. Um, but how do you then name what it is that you are doing now that you can look back at that and see that that wasn't it? Well, honesty first. 
Um, mm-hmm. In my writing today, it's all based on something that I've either felt in the past or a story that I needed to tell um, or it's something that I'm currently feeling that I need to talk about. And you know what I mean? We don't all have therapists, you know what I mean? And until we do, I am going to put it in the music. So I'm going to say what I feel and if you feel it too, if you relate, then... Then we feel it. Then we feel it. <laughs> <laughs> See, you was on to something. You low-key was... <laughs> you was creating the map. That's what it was. Right. I, have to draw, I have to bring it all together. Absolutely. <laughs> let's, uh, let, let's check out before we get out of here. Our check out is just an idea, uh, something from the conversation that's sticking with you, or just how you're feeling right now in this moment. And you don't have to go first. We'll start off. You got one, Dave? Feeling wisdom. Um, I was expecting to have just like much more of a like artsy singy conversation. Let's like let's talk about you. You know, you getting on. No, not and not with no shade. Or this. I didn't. I didn't mean to put put that connotation. And on let's it. be clear, I'm not on yet. Like, right, I'm right, right. Just, I'm simply like right. I'm, I'm just working. You're, you're getting. <laughs> and so I, I was expecting or preparing myself to like be responding or talking to, to much more of that. So I'm 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 very grounded in a wisdom and an accept. Oh, what I say, resilient freedom. Yeah, I like that. Freedom. I like that too. I got to note that. Take that. Take that. No, Any, I did not mean to diddy that. <laughs> I just stuttered on accident and said it twice. <laughs> you can have that. <laughs> wow, another diddying. Name <laughs> Diddy, that's what they call it. <laughs> uh, similarly, even more than anything you said, I'm just really, um, I've really enjoyed just like your demeanor mm. and the calmness that you brought into the room. True. We, we sit on this side of the table a lot and try to meet people at what they bring into the room. Mm-hmm. And I just really enjoyed the demeanor that you brought into the room. So well, thanks, thank you. thanks for showing up in the way you did. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> how, how, how about you? What, what are you feeling? What's sticking with you? Well, for one, y'all asked really good questions. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so, so much. So shout out to you guys. But just also kind of really having a conversation of not even just us getting to know each other and you guys getting to know me as artists, but just kind of like getting to know another Chicagoan. Do you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. And kind of understanding the background of someone. And I think... That's another way of like, you spoke about like um, anti-violence or something Mm -hmm. like that. I think a great way to heal is to really like get to know people. I think a lot of times that we exist in this world without really knowing the people that we walk past every day. Mm -hmm. And everyone's not open to sharing themselves, but we're not also open to getting to know them or putting ourselves out there to say, hey, I care. I see you and I want to know your story. You know what I mean? So I think like those moments if we really encourage that 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 could really change things and that's really heavy because we were talking about this earlier about this thing that's in the news that's going to come out later but it just was it's really violent and it's really Mm. sad and i just really it really pins down to the point of me saying really getting to know people Mm. because it prevents a lot of misunderstandings and so you know the news before the news <laughs> Damn, well, that's management. So, so, so he knows he knows it because he works at a uh, media company. So uh, it hasn't. I don't. I think it's probably that, shit, you're making the news. Got, got the ear to the streets. Yeah, what's happening? <laughs> yeah, ear to the streets. No, but I mean, just I agree. With, that's the whole premise of the show. So yeah. you you really hit the nail yeah. on the head here. Where can folks find you and your work in the ways you want to be found? If you guys use social media, you can follow me. My name is Jahari Noel. It's spelled. Exactly like my name. A lot of people don't know that that's my legal name. It's mm. not like artist name. It is an artist name type of it, type of joint. The I Noel like part feels. Yeah, it's literally very, like yeah. on my social. It's 
There's a last name, of course, but I like that your socials and your social are the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's also my name on my uh, on the music streaming platform. So if you want to check out my music, it's on every digital streaming platform possible. And if you want to see me at a show, I have one on the 25th okay. of September. It's at the Virgin Hotels. It's cool. this. Uh, thing called the juke joint so it's gonna be oh, a lot yeah. of like r&b and it's gonna be an r&b kind of night so if you like r&b music you should definitely slide cool so that's the 25th at virgin hotels here in chicago yep tickets are only 10 bucks mm. Wow. whopping ten dollars look at that that's a thing that we would actually pay yeah, to go to yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so if y'all are free you should definitely slide too Absolutely. but um you can get the tickets in the link in my bio on instagram but it's also like on eventbrite things like that cool, so cool, cool. slide we're at ergo radio i'm at ergo kiss damon underscore af and uh we'll be back next week with another person reshaping the culture of our city for the more equitable and creative much love to the people peace <laughs> Looking for a sustainable supplier for custom buttons, magnets, and stickers? Busy Beaver Button Co. is it. Order from a local, woman-owned, solar-powered business. Visit BusyBeaver.net to shop.